What's going on, y'all? It's your boy Tavares here. Just me today. Um, whether you like it or not, bear with me. <laughs> but it's your boy. Welcome back to the Golly Dating 101 podcast. Um, I thank you guys. If this is your first time checking us out, I hope that this episode says something that encourages you, maybe convicts you, challenges you, makes you think, I don't know, makes you search your scriptures, and that's our goal at the end of the day. But if this is your only episode, I encourage you to go back and find other topics that can help you, help your friends, whether it's being single, you're dating or married, there's something that can apply to your life. And I pray that this podcast continues to encourage you. Like I tell you guys week after week, if you are on Apple iTunes, we would love to see you give a good review. Give a five-star review and that helps boost the page. It costs you nothing, but it definitely benefits. It gets gets the ratings there so other people are more inclined to listen if they see your great review. And as always, if you want to support the channel, be sure to check out Patreon or our Facebook. We have a Facebook group. Um, I'll tag all that inside the episode description box. So if you guys want to join, you can. You can support the page there. But I want to jump into today's episode. Episode. So, in today's episode, I want to talk about something that I think is pretty important. And I'd say it's important because it's very common that people, I don't want to say, I, I think dating for fun is probably the, the, a weird way to put it, but it's kind of what's taking place. You know, people are dating for fun. Some people like to call it recreational dating. Some people are just like, oh, I'm just trying to find my spouse, you know. So obviously it's just my perspective. I don't want anyone to feel as though I'm being too biased. Um, Feel free to comment, you know, when we post this on social media or shoot us DMs and give us your thoughts on if you do it, if you think it's wrong or right. But I want to talk about dating for fun. Um, And yeah, obviously I'm I'm against it because it's just the wording. uh, You're just dating for fun. Um, just sounds like it's a recipe for disaster, (laughs) but I just want to mention a few things on what I think dating should not be used for. And then we'll go a little bit further as we get into the podcast episode. But number one, I want to make clear and I have to say this at the beginning of the episode. And unfortunately I have to say this very often because I still keep getting DMS and emails from people that are clearly not hearing me when I say this, but dating is not a tool for evangelism. I think we need to greatly emphasize that because for some reason, people continuously date a non-believer and expect God's best, or they date, they're a Christian, but they're dating a Muslim and they expect him to love Jesus, or they expect their Buddhist girlfriend, you know, to, to help them serve God, or they expect their atheist or their agnostic spouse to help them spiritually, when in reality, that's not the case. And yes, I do know people get saved over time. Even First Corinthians, you know, it mentions how, you know, the lifestyle that a, a spouse lives can impact and make holy their non-believing spouse. That's not, um, just because that can happen does not mean that always happens. There's a lot of people that love Jesus and they have a spouse that will never serve him. And that's just the reality of the situation. And that's why I want to read in 2 Corinthians 6, verses 14 through 17. I'm going to read a good amount of the verses because I want you guys to really understand what Paul was saying. He says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? 
And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believes with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. So like I said, Dating is not a, a way to evangelize to someone that's lost. When someone is lost, what you're supposed to do is share the gospel with them, share the death, burial, and resurrection with them. Tell them about turning away from sin. Tell them about repentance. Tell them about Jesus loves them and he wants them to be born again of water and spirit. Tell them about Jesus. Lead them not to your church but not and not lead them closer to you, but lead them to Jesus Christ. Lead them to Calvary. We need to show people that are not saved that God loves them. God has great plans for them. And we want them to experience that not so we can marry them, but experience that so that they won't spend eternity in hell. And I know a lot of times we say cute things like a Christless eternity, but no, no, no. Let's use the word hell because I want you to understand hell is a place that is going to burn forever. The lake of fire is where unsaved people, non-believers go. And it's important for us to not just necessarily view someone that's not saved as a potential spouse, but we need to be able to view them as someone who needs Jesus more than they need a spouse. Because it's so easy for me to say, man, Shorty is so fine. And the ladies to say, that brother is so handsome. He treats me better than the brothers at church. It's so easy to think that. I'm not saying that's not the truth. But in reality, if that person doesn't marry you, they're still going to hell. But their first priority is if they get saved, whether they marry you or not, the goal is that they're going to be saved and they're going to have a real relationship with God. And that is the most important thing. You know, when Paul mentions these things, he tells us what how you don't have any fellowship when one of you is righteous and the other is unrighteous. There's no there's no relationship when one is walking in the light and one is walking in darkness. And I know a lot of times we just look at it like, man, the brothers in church still sinful. The ladies in church still sinful. So what's the difference? Listen, I get it. We even talked about that, you know, on previous episodes on why people are finding, you know, pursuing people outside of the church. But just because the people in the church may not be someone, it may not be someone you can see easily that's always living for God, that is no excuse to get yourself tied up in a relationship that's not pleasing God. Because we get a many relation, we get many questions about relationships where someone is like, oh, I didn't know my boyfriend was agnostic until, you know, you know, six months into the relationship. I don't know how it's possible to not know you're dating an agnostic or an atheist or a Muslim or anything, and you wait until you fall in love to realize this person doesn't love God, that's a very dangerous place to find yourself. You know, so it isn't wise to assume that you being in a relationship with them is just going to get them saved. But we have to understand that the same way we would love to inspire them, you know, to live a life for Jesus is the same way they can influence us to compromise on our biblical convictions. They may never tell you to leave church and curse God, but they may not be helping your purity. They may not be helping your prayer life. They're not encouraging you to spend time in your devotion. They're simply tolerating you. And that's the reason why I want us to understand that dating, first and foremost, should not be used as a way to evangelize. What we should be doing is trying to convince people to serve the one and true living God rather than trying to get them to come to church just so we can marry them. Another Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the 
must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another thing I want us to understand is that dating is not something that we should do out of boredom. This is something that is so common in the church, man. And I know many of you, you know, you won't, you probably won't be honest and say you've done it before, but I know many of you can admit someone has clearly played, played with your emotions, especially I know our audience is many females. So I know a lot of women who complain about, you know, how trash men can be in church. And I can attest to that. I do know we can be trash. Um, I do know that if God doesn't work on our lives, we're going to waste people's time. But I don't think it's just the brothers, but I think it's in general that people date out of boredom. But the issue that I have with that is that you're leading someone on. You're giving someone the impression that this may head towards marriage when in reality, that is not the goal. Um, at least fun was their goal or, you know, I didn't want to be alone. So she was giving me attention or, I mean, I, I wasn't really feeling him, but he was buying me gifts. I see these things all the times and there are guys paying girls rent. They're not even engaged and he's paying her rent. So she keeps a, a roof over his head while he has no money. Trust me, I'm not making this up. <laughs> like this is, this is some things that really happen, you know, but if you're only talking to them because you would like the attention or the gifts that they bring, but you don't want to be with them, p- please leave that person alone. Because I get it. You know, the attention feels nice. You get the good morning text and hey, beautiful and hey, handsome, all those things. And they, they encourage you, uh, not necessarily encourage you, but they flatter you. You know, they, they play with your emotions and they make you get that little high. You know, you feel as though you're desired but they don't really want commitment. They just want to, you know, play with their emotions. You have to be willing to say, well, I deserve better than what they're doing with me. And if you're the person playing them, you have to understand that they don't deserve that type of treatment. So it's important that we don't try to simply date someone because right now we have nothing better to do. You know, because in my honest opinion, I think it's nothing more cowardly than a man that will awaken a woman's love without any intention of catching her. Like, what type of guy would get her to fall in love? And in the moment now she's in love with him, uh, yeah, I'm going to just move on to the next girl. Oh, she's too clingy. And you do all these things to get her attention and then you back away. Or the woman who strings a man along until the guy she actually desires is interested and decides to talk to her. Because so, many ladies, you know, they the guy they want doesn't want them. So then they go talk to, you know, they settle for the guy who's showing them a little bit of attention. But the moment that guy pops up, then he's there. And trust me, I'm not speaking from, oh, this is a place of bitterness. No, no, no. This is something I see very common. Um, and it's so easy for us to do that, desiring things that we shouldn't have and, you know, just wasting time with someone else until what we desire comes along. And that just shows that you're not ready for true commitment because you're just playing with people's emotions, you know. But I like how Songs of Solomon puts it in in the NLT chapter 8, verse 4. Songs of Solomon says, Promise me, O woman of Jerusalem, not to awaken love until the time is right. You know, and I love this verse because we all know how easy it is for us to awaken something we have no business playing with. We all know how that goes. You know, you're learning about sex from culture. You're learning about relationships from social media and TV, you know, and we're we're not learning about 
how to properly love someone from a biblical perspective. We're not learning how to treat someone from a from a biblical perspective. And you know, culture says, "I'll just hook up; it's no big deal." When in reality, no, you're just bored. You don't desire this person. You don't see anything going. You don't see any future with this person. But ah, uh, you know. What's the worst that could happen? You know, you just open up a can of worms, whereas it can lead to sin. It can lead to regret, a broken hearts. It can lead to many different things. And I think it's important for us to realize that we should not awaken something that we're not ready for. Because if you start a fire, you can't contain it by just saying, oh, God, forgive me. No, 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 no. You lay in bed with the wrong person or you get in a relationship with the wrong person. And it's going to take more than you know, more than that quick little fake prayer that we try to get, you know, try to give God. You know, another thing I want to mention in regards to dating is that dating shouldn't be the first thing you do when you see that you're struggling with sexual urges, you know, and I don't want to sound like I'm contradicting scripture, you know, but people that can't handle sexual urges, in my opinion, I don't think rushing into a relationship is the wisest decision to make at the moment because it's so easy for us to think, ah, you know, you get married and the urges go away. But no, 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 no. I don't think marriage alone cures lust because you have to understand it's more than just having sex outside of marriage. Lust is way bigger than that. You know, so if you're a person you know, that won't exercise self-control in the single season, those sexual urges don't simply disappear because you're married, whether your spouse is handsome or beautiful or whatever. You know, so if I'm a man and I had a wandering eye when single, if I never address that, it'll continue to wander even though my wife is beautiful. You know, or a woman who has a lustful heart, if all she did, if she never controlled her lustful heart, the Bible talks about that lustful type woman who destroys, you know, a godly man in Proverbs 5. And it's not necessarily specific, speaking about women, but, you know, it's like a spirit behind it, like a lustful, promiscuous spirit, you know. But a woman, if she had a lustful heart, you know, she's still going to be flirtatious when she's married because the issue isn't a matter of who you have in your life. The issue is the spirit. You have to deal with the root of what's causing these urges inside of you, you know. And I believe that if, you're struggling with your sexual urges, you're struggling with pornography, you're struggling with masturbation, you're struggling with sleeping around or whatever those things are. I don't think the answer is to just settle down and, oh, just find one person and you'll be okay. And the reason why I don't think that is because that'll easily lead yourself and that person into sexual sin again. Because if you never address reasons behind why you felt the need to keep pursuing sex, then it's so easy for you to keep pursuing sex, you know, because it's so easy for me to say, man, I'll just use my wife's name, obviously, because it's my wife. Um, Man, Safa and I, you know, we, we can't stop having sex, man. I need to break up with Safa. And then you break, I break up with her. And then instead of me dealing with the sexual hormones and the, the sexual urges that are uncontrolled in my life, the appetite that's uncontrolled in my life, I can break up with her and then go do the same thing with someone else down the road. So the key is to deal with those urges early because it's a matter of appetite. And if you're feeding your uh, your sex drive, which is healthy, if you're feeding your sex drive an unhealthy amount of things or, you know, sexual music, sexual entertainment, sexual conversations, sexual pictures, if you're doing these things just because you're married, that doesn't mean you're going to have sex with your spouse all day. You're still going to have these images and these things in your mind that you're going to be you're going to need um, God to deliver you from, you know? Um, but the reason why I said I didn't want to um, contradict scripture is because a lot of people, 
you know, when they're, you know, struggling with sexual urges, you know, they use the famous verses by Paul in 1 Corinthians 7, verses 8 through 9. Paul says, so I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It is better to marry than to burn with lust. And while I'm not saying that part was foolish, you know, I would I would never say anything in the Bible, you know, is foolish, but it's definitely one his opinion on what you should do, not a law for one. Paul is saying, I recommend that because it's, it's less stress if you just stayed single, which is true, you know, but if the desire for sex is driving a person crazy, Paul is like, hey, man, listen, we don't need anybody in the church fornicating or committing adultery. So get married. But I don't think that implies you have to automatically get married if hormones are raging. But I think Paul is implying that you should aim towards marriage if you have a sexual appetite that's getting the best of you. If you understand that, man, God God wants to do great things in your life. And no matter how much you grow spiritually, it feels like you just can't stop desiring sex. And man, when that sister walked by, you can't stop. You can't keep your head up towards the top of her head. Your, your eyes are sinking and all these things. Paul is like, yeah, to avoid that type of thing is best for every man to get a wife and every woman to get a husband. But he's not saying uh, you got a lustful demon, you know, that you won't get deliverance from. Just go get married. No, 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 no. I, I don't believe that's what he's saying. You know, don't just go hop from person to person, you know, saying that you're dating, you know, reality, you're just seeking after sex, you know, because the goal should be settling down rather than sleeping with every lady on a praise team and all the ladies sleep with all the musicians, you know, that once they tell them that they're beautiful, you know, so we have to be careful of those things when we're talking about dating. But there are also three things I want you to keep in mind regarding dating that we do need to understand that I, I, I would hope is being addressed in our churches, but we're going to address it now. Number one, the goal of dating someone is to pursue marriage. I don't care what culture says. I don't care what the shade room says. I don't care what none of y'all pastors say. The goal of dating someone is to pursue a marriage. You know, many argue that dating isn't biblical, and I'm not going to debate that. You know, that's actually true because the term dating didn't exist till the 19th century. You know, so that doesn't mean just because it's a newer term that the Bible doesn't give us, you know, certain principles that we can learn from, you know, to, to, to implement, you know, in our dating lives. You know, there was once a quote I heard, I think it was from the guy Jefferson Beth. Um, he's a, he's a, great poet. Um, but he says, dating with no intent to marry is like going to the grocery store with no money. You either leave unhappy or you take something that isn't yours. Now, let's be honest. Which one of us is going inside of a grocery store just to look at grapes? Oh, that's a nice cereal box. I should buy some oatmeal. Oh, should I buy some chicken today? Uh, okay. You just go through every aisle and you don't buy anything. Why? And it's not necessarily because you didn't want to buy anything, but you went there and you went there with no money. Like, what was your goal? And so you're just get you're just getting your appetite, desiring things that you can't even have. So you're playing with the fire that you can't control. And then if you decide, man, I can't afford anything. If you don't decide that, then you probably take something that's not yours. We all know that um, we've when we were growing up, we took a grape out of the, the grape bag before we bought it at the register. <laughs> if I'm the only one, God forgive me, but I know I ate a grape out of my grape bag <laughs> on the way to the register. If I was really hungry that day, but 
no one goes into a grocery store with the mind not to buy something. Um, I know people window shop when it comes to clothes and stuff like that, but it's so easy to 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 say, no, 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 I want to date, you know, just not to marry. But a lot of people do that when they do this recreational dating. You know, imagine you're going on a bus and you're experiencing all the stops. You know, you're seeing all the stores as you're driving by. You see everybody that's passing by on the bus, the people that come on and off the bus. However, you know, when the, the bus driver is like, hey, last call, it's 10 o'clock at night or whenever the bus stop is going, you know, out of out of order and you just don't get off. Like, what was the purpose of getting on that bus? Wasn't it to get to a destination? I believe that once you get into a dating relationship, there has to be a proper destination in mind. And a problem with a lot of relationships failing is that one person is desiring a marriage when the next person isn't. There are no clear, there are no clear expectations of the next person. You know, so you're desiring, you know, family, marriage, kids, ministry. They're desiring sex. Um, you know, we're gonna hook up. Whenever we're done, we're done. You know, it's so easy for us to not have the expectations made clear. But you know, that's something that we definitely have to address. You know, in our relationships. You know, so if you are that person, you're on the bus and it's the last stop because and you just stayed on it. It's just what what are, what was your purpose in getting on? And I believe that when we get into the dating arena, the goal should be to pursue after marriage, you know, and this is not saying, please hear me clearly. This is not me saying that everyone we date is our spouse. I hate the amount of pressure that singles feel, you know, that the moment they stay, they go out on a, a date to Starbucks. All they did was hang out trying to see if they're compatible and everybody in church is ready to marry them off. It's just like, no, 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 give, let people breathe. You know, I believe that dating teaches us what we actually like and dislike and shows us things that are definitely going to be deal breaker, shows us, you know, what I'm just, what you're just not interested in, in a person, you know, but we shouldn't just simply, we shouldn't jump into it simply, you know, to pass time. It should be because, in my opinion, it should be because something in them, you know, we see something in them, some potential in them, something about their character, their nature, you know, that we're hoping progresses towards marriage, you know, because in my opinion, dating is fun when you have the right purpose and you have to have the right purpose when you're pursuing marriage um, rather than you're just passing time. I think it's more easier for you to see the red flags or the deal breakers, you know, because you you realize this person is disrespectful. And if I allow myself to get married to them, yes, their abusive words is going to turn into emotional abuse, maybe even physical later down the line. You know, so when you're pursuing marriage, you know, you have that in your mind, you're seeing an end goal saying, well, this is not what I can commit to and have my children raised under, you know, so when marriage is your goal, another thing is I don't. Now I'm going to have to leave that for later because that's definitely going to be another podcast episode and I'm going to need something to give her opinion. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Uh, another thing I want us to understand is that dating is fun when you don't have to repent after hanging out with them, you know, because it's so easy, you know, those connections when everything is just sexy and steamy and you have to repent, you know. Even if nothing happened because you wanted it to happen, you just have to repent, you know? So that isn't what God wants us playing with because that fire will always burn us. You know, it's so easy to try to get close to the fire and not actually play with it. No, no, no. I know that God is merciful, but that's no reason to take his grace for granted. You know, the Bible. 
So 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So we need to date someone that helps us pursue after righteousness. You know, they may get tempted just like you will, but they should be willing to encourage us to continue resisting that urge and wait for marriage. You know, because many people will talk about, you know, they're just, you know, dating for fun and just seeing where it goes. But if you have to continuously repent after you hang out with this person, that's not dating for fun. That's dating for hell. You know, you're preparing yourself for separation from God. You're you're breaking your intimacy with God in order to be with these people, you know, but when you're actually doing it God's way, you won't have to continually repent after. You know, it's going to dating is fun when God is pleased. You know, because many times when people ask, well, what's God's will for my life and I I I think 1 Thessalonians puts it very clear on what the will of God is for all of our lives. It says, God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife, for the Lord avenges all such sins. As we have solemnly warned you before, God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. And I didn't I didn't want to read that last verse, you know, to, you know, to to make the point. But that definitely makes it clear, because I think a lot of times when people like me or maybe your pastor or maybe the spiritual people in your life will tell you, hey, you don't. You know, stay out of these relationships that's leading to sex before marriage. A lot of times we look at them like, man, y'all hating. Y'all don't understand. We love one another. Oh, we're already engaged. We're going to be married. Yeah, you think about all these things. You make all these excuses. But God is God was, God is showing us in his word that that's not my will for your life. My will for your life is to you for you to honor me in your body, in your mind, in your spirit. And he also mentions that if you are disobeying this teaching, you're not disobeying people. You're not rebelling against Tavares' words. It's the word of God. It's God's teaching that we're rejecting when we continually go into relationships that we're repenting after. You know, so many people, yeah, when they claim they're dating for fun, they're, they're, you know, not in any sin, you know, some of them, you know, so I'm not one to judge, you know, it is what it is, whatever you want to say. But I think it's important for us to realize that if you're doing this, it should not be in relationships that's causing you to compromise your spiritual your spiritual life and your biblical convictions. And the last thing I want to point out is that dating a new person doesn't heal the wounds of the past. We've said this over and over, and we have to reemphasize it. You know, when we see in the life of Samson, Samson had his bride taken away in Judges 14, and he didn't heal from that. You know, he was bitter, led to, you know, war and more fighting, you know, and he did what many of us do. He jumped into a new relationship. We see right in right from Judges 14, where they took his wife away from him to Judges 16, you see him sleeping with a prostitute. Right after sleep with a prostitute, then you see him get himself mixed up with Delilah. And then he's just simply jumping from person to person. And that doesn't resolve any of the issues. Or it doesn't resolve the brokenness. It doesn't resolve, you know, the problems that you have within yourself. You know, so it's not that he's finding love. He's finding somebody who appeases his flesh, you know, that satisfies the the, the, the the natural urges that he has. And I think many of us get guilty of that as well. You know, we're just chasing after something to make us feel good in the moment. You know, so we have to be careful of that because that's not God's will for our life. 
you know, because someone can make you feel good temporarily, you know, but it will still be a lot of emotional baggage, you know, if we don't address our pain, if we don't, you know, allow God to heal us. And the Bible mentions this in Hebrews 4 and 14 through 16. I'm going to wrap it up here. It says, so then since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will, there we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. You know, and I know this verse isn't talking about emotional healing, but there's something important I want us to catch there. Jesus is familiar with everything we experience, the betrayal, the rejection, you know, he knows what it is to to be. And I know that he that God is able to heal us of all this emotional baggage, that he's able to, he, to heal us from all these issues that we're dealing with. You know, so it's so easy for us to jump to someone new when that new person shouldn't be having, you know, the, the burden of carrying a problem that they didn't even cause where they shouldn't be. Like they said, hurt people, hurt people. And if you're bleeding, you're just going to bleed all over all those around you rather than you know, be a blessing, you can cause so much damage to someone new if you bring emotional drama to them and baggage and issues in their life. You know, so I think it's important for us to realize that, yeah, dating for fun, yeah, sure. I'm not saying a person is in sin because they're dating person after person. You know, it's a new person on their page every single time they, they break up, they're with someone new again in a week. I'm not saying that person is in sin. I just want you to understand that if that's you, that new person is not able to heal any of the wounds from the past. Only Jesus can. You know, so I know many of you, you're probably thinking, oh, well, I don't do this kind of dating. You probably don't. Many of you, you probably made it official with no one your entire life, but you're emotionally connected to a lot of people. You're emotionally handing your heart out to so many people, you know, and it's so easy to say, oh, I'm just doing this for fun. But is it fun if your heart is being broken in the process? Or is it fun if you're walking out of God's will in the process? Is it fun if it's not leading towards marriage and it's just leading towards sex? You know, so I believe that recreational dating, you know, it serves its purpose, but does it lead you closer to God? Because so many people, they jump from person to person in hopes to find that spouse, when in reality, they're not preparing for marriage, they're preparing for divorce. Because they're showing their mind, they're teaching their mind, they're rewiring their brain to realize the moment I don't feel served, I'm gone. The moment I'm not happy, I'm gone. Yeah, but that's my thoughts on why I think recreational dating is something that nah, doesn't work out too well, especially not in the life of a believer. But I want to hear your thoughts about it. So go ahead, screenshot, tell me where you guys are from, posting your stories, shoot us some DMs and emails. I want to know your thoughts. And for those who stuck around to the end, we are appreciative for you guys. If you're listening and you're in the Patreon fam, we had a great Bible study Tuesday night. I love y'all. You guys are the best. If you would like to join our group, get Bible studies, get discounts when there's any type of merch, discounts for any type of events we're going to be doing, and you get all kind of exclusive videos, podcasts, and Q&A and chill time. So we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. And until next time, Peace.